0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Code of Career podcast with me Cameron Blackwood. If you aren't familiar already, I'm an ex-technical recruiter who is now retrained as a software engineer and this podcast is an opportunity for me to share my experience from both sides of the table as well as interview a diverse range of guests who also can share their experience from both sides of the table. Today's guest, Scott Spence, is a former VBA developer who is now retrained as a JavaScript engineer and has had a lot of experience in open source, helping people break into the industry and produce a ton of content himself as well. So he has a great amount of experience to impart and currently works in dev relations. So he's very familiar to this sort of thing. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you have any feedback, please get in touch. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Cameron. I'm good.
1: Thank you. And uh, thanks so much for having me on your podcast.
0: No, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. So, um, it was interesting how, uh, we, we were saying before we went live, we actually haven't talked in, uh, in person before we've done a lot of sort of chat over like Twitter and LinkedIn and that kind of thing, because, um, I think we came to each other's attention back when I was still a recruiter. So rolling back the years a little bit, um, I remember coming across, uh, when, when I was recruiting, we had to uh, review candidates' um, profiles. And this would have been a few years ago, uh, like four years ago, I think. Um, uh-huh. And uh, you would review it to make sure there are no spelling mistakes or check the GitHub link was cracked. So I checked your GitHub link was cracked. And I, was, I, I looked at your profile and I thought, there must be an error on GitHub the amount of contributions you'd made was insane. And so I was like, wow, this guy is super dedicated to open source. So um, I, uh, I think we ended up connecting after that and um, sort of getting, uh, getting in touch before um, I subsequently learned to code. So Scott, um, something that I like to do so the listeners can get to know my guest a, a little bit better is just to go through some quickfire questions uh, about tech and sort of uh, other things as well. So to, to get things kicked off, it's the classic. What was your first computer?
1: um so oh first computer so do you mean like a games console or an actual uh the definition
0: it's a good question because that has been a question on the podcast before and um the definition has now been stretched it now includes games console too
1: um i'm sort of giving away away my age here but um (laughs) it was the um the atari i can't remember what it's called it's an atari games console which had like the cartridges it's like the original pong game it had the paddles
0: on it and stuff Oh, nice. um, i can't
1: remember what it was called but is that um, the 20 the 2600
0: yeah. that would have been mid 80s late 80s maybe uh, uh, yeah let's let's go
1: with that <it>. uh, <laughs> atari uh 2600 let's see if i can get a quick picture um, yeah that's it oh, yeah because that that's old. one of the
0: most classic ones uh the first that was the first huge hit for a home console right yeah
1: and then after that uh, my dad got an atari uh God, i can't remember what that was 520 atari 520 ste and the, the e was important because it had uh, an audio bit on on there so you could like use like uh, programs like cubase and stuff like that so that was cool uh, uh and then, uh, <laughs> i had a friend who had an atari and, like you'd swap discs for games and i was yeah. like how do you open it and uh, this is when i discovered the the double click on the mouse It was just such an alien thing to me. It's like, (laughs) I I clicked it and nothing happened. He's like, no, you need to double click it. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) So that was when, when like the double click was like a revelation. It's like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I wouldn't say I've come far, but, um, uh, I can manage to double click now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that is uh it's an iconic machine, the um those old schoolatories. I've always wanted to try one actually. Uh never um they have some kind of uh emulator one. Um here in Edinburgh they've just opened up a uh, a bar where you can play like retro games and stuff. So I've been there once, but I didn't nice. get to try the emulator yet. So that's on my uh that's on my to-do list for sure.
1: There's a there's quite a big modding community for it as well, where mm just take the guts out and put like other stuff into it. Um, YouTube, you can find all sorts on YouTube, I'd say. You. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, anything you want to learn in life, you can get it on YouTube. Um, and talk, <laughs> talking of learning and talking of tech in general, what, what, what's your favorite place, your favorite tech city in the world? Um, I can't really think of any I've, I've visited, <laughs> to, to
1: be honest. <laughs> I would really love to go to Japan uh, and, and visit Japan. Uh, when you think of, tech and city i mean that's like future land isn't it you just sort of think of of, of that sort of place but um uh i don't know i, I guess the, the 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 tech city here that in the uk in london is uh quite um you know maturing quite a bit and this uh was it houndstitch not not houndstitch um uh shoreditch, uh, shoreditch and yeah. there's quite um quite a a busy tech scene isn't it um definitely japan well, i'd want to go to japan absolutely
0: Thought yeah I, i'm the texting. same i was targeting to go this year but obviously i don't know some some covid thing happened it hasn't really been in the news <laughs> yeah. much but the borders are <laughs> shut uh, <laughs> um, yeah. um what, what about when you're when you're coding when you get when you're getting down to a bit of work what kind of music do you like to listen to and uh, what sort what was the last sort of thing you played on on your streaming platform of choice
1: right so my streaming platform of choice was spotify it's now deezer for the better sound quality um last song i played was dance together by molly collins and ruth royal if you don't know who they are then you probably won't know anything else about the rest of the music i'm going to talk about (laughs) so uh (laughs) a big big drum and bass fan um and um i used to be a dj like before i started uh coding um I could say professional because I got paid for it. Um, oh, cool. I, I, I did gigs on the weekends and stuff. So, um, yeah, but uh, it does, doesn't pay anywhere near as much as what uh, tech pays. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, big big time DJs you, you do, but um, I, was, I wasn't I in those sort of leagues. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, drum and bass uh, all the way. Uh, occasionally I listen to uh, – no, I mean, if I'm working, it's, it's drum and bass. But, you mm-hmm. know, I like other – you know, I, I grew up in Motown um that sort of music always like that um and like uh, the clash um and like the specials mm. god i sound old uh that sort of music <laughs> um it just reminds me of my childhood i don't i don't sort of uh i don't like reminisce uh and, and like, listen to that music all the time that like, one of these people are just like, stuck in the past um so I, I do sort of move along with the music um, I'm not the sort of listening to music from like the 90s still um, <laughs> but absolutely uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great scene I do love it um, and sorry if i just alienated everyone who's listening
0: <laughs> Now drum, drum and bass is, is if you're not a drum and bass fan then and you code you need to be a drum and bass fan because it is I'm certain it's the <laughs> best genre for, for coding so I alternate between that and like 90s rock um, more just because I enjoy the music but um, drum and bass is like uh, for me, it, it just it gets me in the zone, locks me in. I, I play drum and bass when um, I'm coding, and also whenever I'm playing any kind of racing game, um, I love to plug yeah, in. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know if you play Forza Horizon <laughs> Four, but they have a um, they have a dedicated drum and bass station on their radio uh, on, on nice. the, uh, whenever you're driving. So that that's a lot of fun. I've been, uh, enjoyed that.
1: When when you're talking about 90s rock, do you know uh, Tenacious D?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, it's very much uh, uh, like a parody of Nineties Rock, but um, yeah, they're an actual band, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Which is, I, I, I always just found it amusing uh, to listen to that. Um, just just for the, the lyrics and just, just how like his uh, like persona in in, in the music is, is is very funny.
0: It's a very uh, spot on parody because yeah. I love I yeah. yeah I mean I love Nineties Rock, but it can be pretty cheesy sometimes. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. yeah.
0: And what, what about, um, you know, we talked about what you're listening to uh, when you're working. What about the best time of day? Are you an early bird or a night owl?
1: Um, I was an early bird. Uh, like I said, with my earlier sort of ramble about how I learned to do web development. Mm. Um, I'd always find myself very productive in the morning. But but now, I mean, I still get up early and do stuff in the morning. Um I find myself being productive when I feel productive. Yeah. It just (laughs) sounds really (laughs) odd, but um, if I'm like, right, okay, let's, let's, let's just crack on with this now. Um, which I think is great. Um, because my previous place and my current place, like presenteeism isn't a thing that they're not expecting you to be sat somewhere doing a certain thing for a certain amount of hours. Um, so it's just about getting the work done when you can do it. Um, which I think is great. And, um, a bit of both <laughs> both <laughs> uh, early bird afternoon uh book worm um late night owl i, I don't know I, i'm just just whenever i can do it is, is when i do it <laughs> but um in, in the past it was always very early morning when i'd sort of knock most of the stuff out but um yeah just just as and when i can do it now is is, is when yeah. it happens
0: <laughs> when i'm most it- productive <laughs> Especially with learning, if you can get into the habit of doing it early in the morning. From from what I, I know about you, I, I know you did it much more successfully than me in terms of getting up every day. <laughs> I was much less disciplined from the sounds of things. But um, whenever I did manage to haul myself out of uh, out of bed, um, to code it, it's very nice to do it when you know there's not going to be any work distractions and the nature of my job when I was learning to code was I was getting phone calls all the time and that kind of thing um, so it was really great to be able to um, get there and, uh, and and sort of quietly code because you like these days when, when you're a more experienced engineer like we are you know you can code with a few more distractions going on a little bit but um, you need to really focus when you're first learning the concepts so it's um, yeah it's, it's definitely good to do.
1: Yeah, what, what I did um, when I had to do that was I'd, I'd, I'd leave my phone in another room, mm. and I still have now all of the like notifications turned off on my machine, apart from Slack. Mm. Um, I am listening at work, honestly, <laughs> um, but um, uh, it's just to uh, turn off any distraction um, because you know once you're in the flow and you just get that it, when you're in the office, you get a tap on the shoulder. You know, that'd be like, you know, like the mean mm. where it's like all the, uh, equations going on, yeah. you'd be like, that, <laughs> yeah. this is how this works. And then tap, tap, tap. And all that just go poof. And you'd be like, oh, right. Uh, hi, how can I help? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely. Having that time uninterrupted is absolutely uh, essential. So, um, but, but, but now just, just whenever I can get the time to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what, what about pre the code days, um, what job did you want when you were a kid? Uh,
1: a job? I, I wanted to be a soldier. Like my dad and uh, my brothers, they've all been in the military and I haven't. It got, got to that no. point where I was like, well, I can't even do this or I could be a DJ. So it's like, I'm going to be a <laughs> DJ. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what I did. Um, and uh, I, just, I just didn't have any money ever. Uh, so um, I didn't go to uh, – actually, I, I didn't go to university – uh, I left school at 16 and, um, just, just did lots of odd jobs at the time. Um, and, uh, just, just whatever I could to get, could do to get by. Um, so, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world because, you know, that's how I sort of got my initial job as like a filing clerk, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a bank and then, you know, I just progressed from there. So, um, very much, um proud of my past and uh would not really change it for anything <laughs> but i wanted to be a soldier
0: yeah but i changed my mind pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things people ask me that they say like do you regret working in recruitment?" recruitment it's like not for a second like yeah obviously there were some days i hated working in recruitment because you know i have a soul uh but uh like um the um uh, i i <laughs> i lost my like me, i sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would um yeah i I would regret, uh, I would dislike working on it sometimes, but I'd never regret it for a second because I wouldn't have had a clue, anything. My only exposure to development or computer science was when I was in uni doing my business degree when... Um, a couple of my mates were computer science students. And I used to play on their football team because they didn't have enough numbers. Um, so like that was my only exposure to it. And that was what I first learned what JavaScript was. Then I got into technical recruitment and then um, then I became a coder. So I, I don't regret it for a second uh, either. And, you know, everyone's got a unique path into code. And that's what makes it such a um, great industry is because not everyone comes from that sort of cookie cutter computer science background, getting into tech that way, especially not these days with uh, all the amazing platforms out there that are to learn. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And um, I shouldn't, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, because um, of uh, I'm, I'm white, middle-aged, so I am sort of already sort of very privileged in the sort of unconscious biases that come with that mm-hmm. when you're looking for a job. Uh, I know it's not, um, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, that's why I've always tried to sort of help out anyone else where I can. Um, because I know I'm in a very privileged situation. I wouldn't like to say like I just strolled into every job I've ever turned up for um, mm. because that was uh, always a barrier for me when I would be looking at uh, job uh, specs, let's say. What do you call them? Job? Yeah, job, yeah, specs. job spec. Yeah. And um, th- there'd always be like a minimum of, you know, a degree of any kind, just, just like mm. minimum degree. And that would just immediately turn me off. And, I, I you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't pursue that. Um, and I'd, I'd always, um, you know, people would say I'd had like all of these uh, like here on my CV. I'd work for places like Barclays, Fidelity, uh, Deloitte, uh, all, all quite big names. And um, the, the, those were because there wasn't um, a, uh, an absolute requirement to have a degree. Uh, I mean, at Fidelity, we, we know you've got enough background experience to, to not need that. And we just want you to do, you know, the work. So um, that was that was always a barrier, and um, I think it's uh, disappearing now. Um, I, I'm not I'm not looking, so I don't know what the market's like. Um, but um, uh, I think um, you know, for, for for that sort of thing, if if you let it become a barrier, then I guess it is. And I I did. Uh, people now say we just want you to apply, even if you don't meet, you know. Thirty percent of the requirements just just apply and then talk to us. Um, so I'd I'd always find that the most the nicest interviews I'd have would be where it was just a conversation, rather than you know uh, uh, the you know what what does call do in the browser in JavaScript. Oh, I've asked you a devilishly famous yeah. question, <laughs> and uh, the, 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 you know there'd always be that immediately like adversarial sort of thing going on, and that puts people on 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 the back foot. And I don't think that's a good way to do an interview. It's like, let's pick it. Let's, you know, just pick a thread and, you know, see, see what he knows rather than like a conversation where mm. it is, uh, you know, what do you like doing? Uh, you know, what do you find uh, interesting about this sort of thing you've been doing? Uh, I always yeah. found that those sort of conversations were a lot better than, uh, um, you know, you know, JavaScript, Name you know, <laughs> name all the functions, uh, sort
0: yeah. of thing. Um Trivia Style so, never works. Yeah. It's like there's not there's not a final JavaScript exam where you like in school you would sit down <laughs> and like name everything off. Like uh, it's you know, th- those kind of like your it's a two-way entry process uh, in in everything, no matter how people try and make it intimidating, it's a two-way thing. So it, it's yeah, it's really um it's really good if if companies do that. And my current employer, Purple Bricks, something that I love that they did. Um, was they actually didn't make me do a technical challenge for them. What they wanted me to do was they wanted me to show them a personal project I'd done that I was Mm -hmm. proud of. And then yeah. talk me through my, uh, show the code and talk talk through my process. And they would, and then they'd, they'd give constructive feedback. And if there was anything we wanted to pair program on, we'd do that. And it was a great way of getting to know, um, getting to know my future colleagues. And it totally like put them ahead of anyone else in my mind during the career search. Because so I thought, wow, these people, first off, care about my schedule. And second off, are really interested in what I'm doing and how they would work with me. Yeah. So, uh
1: you're saying there about having your own personal projects um it's um it's very important to have that and Mm. i know a lot of people you know they if you've got another job it's very hard to to be able to do that and hold down a full-time job Uh, i I know that but um i can't stress the importance uh, of just having some sort of presence on any of the uh like source um source control management platforms like github uh, bitbucket or um uh, gitlab is to have something where you can say this is what i've built because what you're saying cameron it's great when you get something to talk about something they're excited about you know you can you can understand and get a feel for that person's enthusiasm mm. for what they're for what they're doing um so um yeah going back to what i'm saying is it's, you can't expect everyone to have that but it is, it's very important. And if you could just, you know, try and get out a couple of projects, which, you know, just, uh, showcase your skill Um, then that's a really good thing to have. And a very yeah. good thing. Um, you know, for like what you were saying, So they didn't ask you to do a technical interview. You just, uh, you know, talk through a project. I've done mm. interviews before, and I thought they've gone really well. And you know, it's, it's like a knowledge exchange because the people who you're talking to, uh, they were like, "That's interesting way you've done that. I've not seen that before," and um, you know, it's 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 a good way to uh, you know build an initial rapport as well with, with uh, you know your could be uh, team members. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really good point and a good way. Um, my kind of final point on that would be um, <clears throat> it's a, a a good way to uh, a good way to decide what a project uh, what project to work on and a unique one is think, what problem do I face in my day-to-day that would be useful? Um, so uh, if you can't immediately find a fix, then you just just code something if it's relatively sh- uh, small scale. Like, for example, I made a password, a, a secure password generator where... It I did basically... that too. Oh, did you do it as well? I oh, nice, nice.
1: <laughs> I did that too. And uh, I made it um, hit the uh, Have I Been Pwned uh, API. So if you, uh, if you type in a password... Well, what i did it for um was uh, my Santenta i've got to call them out uh <laughs> Business banking account um it would it would have like an 18 character password and mm. then a five digit some other password and then um every time i want to log in it'd say but please pick characters three seven one and you know 12 and i'd be like oh and it'd be yeah. like a randomly generated password anyway So I just did this thing where I could put in a password and pick out each character from it and go, okay, just type them in. Um, And I just expanded on that with the have I been pwned stuff. So you could sort of Mm. type in like a password and it'd say how many times that's appeared in data breaches. So I was, I was quite proud of that. And
0: uh, yeah, that's really cool. That was on my to-do list. Actually, added to have I been pwned. So it's good to know that. Uh, <laughs> good to know that, um, that you, you've done that because all I did was in the. end, uh, I was a bit lazy. I just put a link in it because I ran out of time. <laughs> um, I just put a link to oh, just to enter it and have I been pwned? <laughs> yeah, if
1: you go, hang on, let's see if it's still up. Is it c c from p dot X, y, uh, I hope it's still up because I paid for the domain. Uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> password character picker, and uh, let's just try a uh, password. See if it still works. This password appears in 3,861 breaches. So there you go. Uh, I'll show you, Is the repo on here? Um, no, it should be. I'll show that with you Should <laughs> take a look. It's, yeah, and I'll pop that uh, in the description for the listeners as well. Uh, it's good. It, yeah, it's, it's a nice little project to do. Um, and uh, I might, at the moment, I'm converting everything to uh, SvelteKit, so I might mm. just uh, redo it make it look a bit nicer because it's nice uh, a bit basic Absolutely, <laughs> it's a good project to do like you say, i think we're just going to scratch an itch
0: yeah def- definitely do, do, do you want to give a bit of an introduction about yourself and what drive you to to put in those crazy amounts of contributions
1: um yeah sure so um i think for the contributions first up um there's there's a bit of um uh, uh, need to be transparent on this. So if you actually went in and sort of looked at some of those commits, um, a lot of the time it was either updating a dependency because, um, or, um, you know, just, just some small commits um, because I, mean, I still do work like that. I, I, I'm i very much a um, uh, commit often um, sort of person. So I, I do like a little bit, then you know, I commit it. And then, um, you know, if it's a feature, it goes off into a PR. But a lot of the time, Um, I would thank my GitHub streak to uh, tools like Greenkeeper.io and Renovate um, just to um, uh, keep that streak going. But that wasn't the case um, when I first started out with like 100 days of code. Um, So, um, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much you want to go into that, but at at the time, probably when you looked at it then, that was me committing daily to GitHub. Um, It would either be, I think at the time with 100 days of code, um he had like a little journal and that would just get you in the habit of coming in every day, which was really good. Um, so I, I think we better so, sort of quickly talk about 100 Days of code. Code um, yeah. before we go any further. It's it's like a, um, um, what's the word for it? It's
0: almost like a club, um, isn't yeah. it? Like Because I, I took part on Twitter back in the day.
1: Yeah. So the, the idea is, is, is just to get you um, coding for an hour a day for 100 days. And uh, the, the thing is, it, it didn't really stop at a hundred days for me. Um, and um, I, I've sort of got into the habit. You could call it a bad habit now because um, even with like my current work, I still get up early in the morning to do my own sort of stuff. Um, but um, I would sort of thank uh, Quincy Larson from Free Code Camp and um, Alex Calloway uh, who initially came up with it and, That was how i sort of got into um open source as well with amon mittel um he he made a twitter bot and i was like this is awesome and i started playing about with that and started contributing to the 100 days of code twitter bot on uh twitter so um yeah it was all it was all really good um all that but um that's that's a really sort of long and rambling (laughs) (laughs) description of of just that that one little bit um so i I could go over like my, my history uh, rather than go off on a, a sort of tangent straight away. Um, yeah. So... No.
0: I mean, tell us a story. How, how did you get to the point where you were like this hyper productive uh, open source uh, contributor? And uh, what, what, what's the whole story? How did you first get into tech? Uh,
1: so I first got into tech um, back in around two thousand and one, when I was like a, an office clerk uh, for like one of the UK banks here, one of the big ones, and. Um, I just had to do, um, it was in a finance department. So it was just stuff like credit card reconciliation, end of the month, management information reports and stuff like that. And I was doing it all manually with Excel and, uh, you know, like, uh, God, I can't remember what they are now. It's been so long, but like, you know, summing up columns and stuff and then putting those into a report and just formatting things in a certain way. And my manager at the time, he, he was sort of tinkering with VBA and, um, he sort of got me into like managing some of the scripts. And at the time I was like, this is, this is, this is mind blowing. You can, you can like, uh, click a button. We'd get like all of the reports from SAP, which is like the uh, accounting system for the bank. And, um, you click a button, you get a CSV and, um, you'd use that in Excel and it would just process everything for you. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. Um, And that was sort of how I first got into it. And, um, I was at the bank for a good 10, 11 years. Um, was I? Yeah, I think I left in 2010. Um, and I sort of uh, caught the attention of one of the, um, I wouldn't say engineering managers, but it, 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 like the team we did, I was in at the time, um, were for just just um, uh, streamlining processes in, in, in the bank. Um, and it was like a, a cost neutral team. So like, you know, we, we went on like a, a, like a bottom line somewhere. It's like, are we getting our money's worth out of these people? Because we helped sort of reduce all the overhead in like our uh, business unit. Um, so I got took on there. And then that was like the next level of like coding. And that was just where it went from messing about in the spreadsheet just to doing all in code. Um, and that was great. I, I did that for a good, uh, I would say nearly 12 years um, i started contracting after i sort of left there we well, had a couple of other jobs um doing the same sort of thing and um basically at the end of it I started contracting because it was it was in need you'd be shocked and appalled at the amount of financial institutions which still run off of uh, like excel um <laughs> uh, i mean like like the uh, what's the latest one for the uh uh the, the pandemic if it was in a in a special, uh, which yeah, is essentially the, a better place. Uh,
0: was it the and trace <laughs> or the um the vaccination like centers or something? It was yeah, and, and they overspilled, yeah. right? It was like the line went over a yeah. hundred thousand rows, which is um slightly scary. I, I wonder how long it would take to load that up on a conventional machine, but uh yeah, that's terrifying okay. to think to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bear thinking about. So um yeah, I, I've got some stories, but um, obviously I'm not going to tell them on a podcast. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe stay in the pub uh, over over a few beers. But um, yeah, it, it, is, it is quite shocking. And it was very much in demand at the time. And then around 2016, uh, everything started moving to the browser with Office 365, right? And um, I was at a sort of uh, like, uh, what's the word for it? Not a turning point. There's like a fork in the road that say, And I could carry on doing what I was doing, uh, which was very lucrative. And, um, you know, I I could sustain myself for, I could still be doing it now, I guess. Or, you know, I could go to where everything else was going, which was in the browser. Um, And that's when I started um, thinking about, you know, doing stuff in the browser. My first stop was uh, Python and trying to do stuff with that. Uh, Automate the boring stuff, I think, was quite a popular uh, Python book at the time. And, um, I started to try and get into that a bit more. Um, and I think, uh, I read a post from Quincy Larson and, uh, basically the, like the, the, sort of upshot of it was just bet on JavaScript. I think that's what the title of the post was just better on JavaScript because it is it, it, everywhere and in everything um with like you know node and everything been on the server the front end and the back end covers everything so um i was like right okay let's start doing this and i started going through the free code camp curriculum and then uh i guess everyone's got this sort of story where you start going through it and then you hit a certain point and everything's sort of you know either either uh, what's the uh, the bell curve sort of thing where you just, everything starts to pitter out and that's like what sort I started of the, doing. The
0: diminishing returns or yeah.
1: um uh, was it they've done it? It's not done in Kruger effects? It's basically you, you know you have you know great uh, um, productivity at the start, then oh, things sort of yeah. level <laughs> out, and then you're like oh it was it the pit of despair it's called, and then yeah. you sort of come out the other side. <laughs> I, I think I was in the pit of despair uh, when I started to, when I took up uh, 100 days of code, and that just sort of carried me through. Um, and like uh, this, this is uh, while holding down like uh, a full time job as well, so I was doing a nine to five. And then, um, I've got a family, so I couldn't really do stuff in the evening. So it was like getting me out, getting myself out of bed, at a silly o'clock in the morning to do, you know, like a three or four hours, uh, practice and what I was doing, do a full day's work, come back, have dinner, go to bed and then do, do the same sort of thing, rinse and repeat. And, um, that's pretty much what I did from like mid 2016, I think, uh, up until, pretty much uh the end of uh 2017 and uh, i was contracting at the time and you know my contract came to an end so i was like okay this is a really good opportunity to sort of start looking for work as as a web developer um and one of the the most useful things i did at the time was something called chingu collabs and that was um i think i did one or two um, and Chingu collabs is where you are with um, you have cohorts, so like a team of three or four people, and you all decide to work on a project. Um, we're all remote. I was working with people in uh, Egypt and um, Romania, I think. Um, and you, you build a project, and you all work through it with like GitHub issues. Uh, I think the project board was a new thing at the time in GitHub as well. So everything would go onto the project board um i nominated myself as a project manager Mm -hmm. so that went on the cv and um (laughs) we just we just started working through uh this uh project and at at the time like before i started it i wasn't feeling very confident at all um with sort of my skills and you know how how that would sort of map on to like doing a full-time role um but like when I got partway through it, working with other people, you just learn from each other, and that was the best bit. Just just filling in all of the, the little gaps I had here and there in, in my knowledge, and at that point I was like, right, okay, I can I can start applying for for roles now, and I, I felt comfortable doing that. Um, and obviously, I've got a good ten years prior experience um, as as a software developer, um, but I. I it's like totally different to web development. Um, I mean, I felt really comfortable with JavaScript because it was very much like VBO, which is what I used before. Um, where it's all loosey-goosey. It wasn't typed. TypeScript <laughs> wasn't a thing at the time, I don't think. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I took to it, you know, quickly. And I think everyone will say that with JavaScript. Everyone uh, it's you know, there's, there's new things to learn all the time with it. But um, uh, I think I had like enough of a like a foundation to start looking other places, and um, I think I used to hack a Job, um, not Talentio, <laughs> and uh, I think I got um, a uh, invited to like a face to face, and uh, had had my first interview, and it, it went incredibly. I mean, the interview was was um, wasn't wasn't great. I did not think it went very well at all. But, they, they, you know, they, they just offered me the role. So I took it, very happy with it. And um, that was great. I, was, um, I think it was in, I started in March 2018. And um, that was an agency, government contractor, dealing with digital transformation. Um, and they are doing very well for themselves now, I think. Uh, but I was the only, only React guy on the team uh, who was full-time. And um, they did all of their work in Angular. And I never touched Angular. And um, it, this was this was at the confusing time of Angular, where um, <laughs>
0: yeah, because there's two completely different versions, isn't that? Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, it was really confusing for me because I think it was in TypeScript, and um, the, the way I would sort of debug stuff in like React, I'd just dump out the props into like a console log just so I could see what was going on. And for some reason, you couldn't do that with Angular. It was really hard to have something in the DOM and sort of poke around what was in like uh, any of the props you were passing to it so that was uh, very much a learning curve and it was just me as a full-time person and we had like know, two or three contractors and they were just very focused on what they needed to do so it was it, it was pretty tough um but I think uh, the agency now is is gone full React. I, I don't think they deal with okay. uh, Angular anymore. A
0: lot of people have moved away from Angular. I found I I, I did Angular for about eighteen months uh, in a previous role, and um, we were talking about moving it over to React actually. And it was uh, cause it, it, why is that? Though? A, well, in from my side, I mean, I don't, I'm not a senior engineer, but uh, for, for, from my side, I think Angular is is a very powerful framework slash library um yeah. and you can do a lot with it but a lot of the time you don't need all of its features and a lot of the time react will just do um and react is one of those things that it just uh if react was to have a tagline for me it would be it just works uh like it just works out at the box and it's just so it's so easy to get up and running once you understand how jsx or these days tsx uh works whereas angular there's a lot more like um, putting stuff into modules and that kind of thing—it's much less beginner-friendly. Um, it's difficult for me to compare because I learned Angular after I already learned React. But I do feel like I—I I w- as a beginner, it would be much harder for me to learn Angular than it did React. React was my first um, uh, first sort of library after learning vanilla JavaScript, which maybe shows actually how relatively late I've got into the industry. Um, but yeah, I—I I, I would say that's why. I mean, um, I'm sure. There'll be people sort of screaming while listening to this, thinking <laughs> thinking that I'm wrong about Angular in that respect. But um, yeah, that that's why I think.
1: I, I always, yeah, so like the CLI where you'd say, I want to make a component and it would like scaffold out like mm. this, this folder with like three or four different files in it. And I was like, I just, I just want to try and get something going quickly. Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't do that here.
0: it's like that meme we don't do that here (laughs) yeah 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 it was
1: uh yeah it was it's pretty tough um so yeah i mean um i i wasn't there long i was there six months so i mean that's less like a lifetime in in tech terms but um um i um I, i was offered a job at a uh an ad agency uh, they, they do adverts for like Joe like the army adverts you see at the moment and uh, um, confused.com I, I really don't get those adverts but um, they, 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 they they do all the stuff for them and um, uh, the agency I was with uh, the, the part of the agency did all of like the supplementary sites and stuff for them um, and that was full react and um, I went in, met the team leader, he was awesome, the engineering manager was awesome, they're like you know, come in and start learning with us. And that was, um, that was awesome. I just learned so much, uh, in, you know, I was there for like two years and, um, it was just, I mean, you think when you first start, like, let's say with free co camp or just learning anything at the time, it's like, wow, this is a lot to take in. And then when you actually start in a job and then people are sort of doing like loads of other stuff, which you're like, well, I haven't seen that before. What's that doing sort of thing. And, you just pick up so much, it's so fantastic when you know you're in a team and everyone's working together. There's lots of pairing at the time, and um just just learnt so much. Um uh, this was uh when you were saying about you learning React, because it was the most modern thing at the time. That's when I come in as well. I come in at that time, and um I had this discussion with um with my current manager, um, and I think we're quite spoilt in that regard because yeah. we missed out on things like Bower and Broccoli and Grunt and all, <laughs> all those sort of additional task runners um, and, and, and like Webpack configs and stuff like that. Because, you know, when Create React, App, Create React App came along, it just took all that away from you. It was all abstracted away and it was fine. You could just get on with just, just coding. Um, but I, I, I soon found out that it's not all uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows in, 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 the real world, when you get like a legacy project, we had something, which is on react 15 and, uh, it was all class based and, um, I, I was very much using functional components and, um, was it react 16.8 where hooks came along?
0: Yeah. 16. Yeah. Re- yeah. Hooks came in there and that, and that, just totally changed react. Didn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I, I was so geared into that way of working when we had to use this legacy project, it was all classes. And um, I was like, can we upgrade it? And um, I'm not sure if you've seen that meme where it's got this lumber code where it says, um, you know, feel welcome to fix it or, or try to fix it. We'll just, <laughs> increment, just, just increment the counter at the end. So we know how many people have tried. <laughs> um, it, it, it was that sort of thing. Everyone on the team um, would we, we try to sort of move this from uh, React 15. they'd they'd have a go and they'd be like, no, we'll just leave it as it is for now. Um, And that's where you sort of learn, like the, you know, get your hands dirty with all those sort of uh, bits of a project, which, you know, uh, stuff just gets bolted onto it. If there's not a good, uh, like, discipline in the team with, um, you know, how code should be done and things like that, that's when stuff like that starts to break down. Uh, But that was... um, that was great. And it was at that time when I was like, right, okay, uh, anything I was learning, I was writing about in, in my blog and uh, was just sharing that stuff out. And it was around that time, uh, around like 2019, uh, where I, I decided I wanted to sort of make uh, like educational content to help other people. So I'd always write like content for um, like the person who was like, one or two steps behind me and I've already got a lot out of that. And uh, that's when I started sort of trying to position myself into like developing relations and, you know, helping out people online got, I mean, I was already really involved in Twitter from hundred days of code, uh, but just try to, you know, help out, self-promote in, in that sort of area um, and, you know, just sort of try, you know, just do that, be an advocate for everyone and everything. And um, I, I was lucky enough to um, um, be um, involved with CMS, is my current employer, um, From I wouldn't say from the very beginning, I think they started in 2015. I got involved with it in around 2018 when I was like very much a, a Gatsby fan. Uh, I still like Gatsby. Um, but that was the thing at the time. It was like, everything's pre-rendered, everything's fast. And that was what I brought into my team. And I was saying, look, this is great. I think we should use this for everything. Um, It's not the case. You shouldn't use Gatsby for everything. (laughs) Um, I mean, it is a good tool, but um, uh, I I was very much advocating for that at the time. And GraphCMS, uh, which I'd I'd always try to get into a project if we were working on it at the agency. Um, We didn't, unfortunately. And uh, they, they were painfully aware of that um, when I joined, they're like, yeah, we, we saw you, we had you on, our, on, a, on a list. Uh, I'm like, Sorry, I'm here now and uh, I couldn't, couldn't convert anything for you. Uh, but I was, I was very keen on them at the time. So when I actually did get to interviewing and talking to them, it was, uh, um, it, it felt like, I wouldn't say it felt like I was coming home, but when I did start with them, I was, I did feel very welcomed and I still feel really supported where I am at the moment. Um, and that's that's a good thing to talk about as well. Is actually like mm-hmm. team management. Um, you know, the agency I was at prior um, had a very good engineering manager, but he was split across so many different disciplines and silos because uh, they had like a web team, iOS, Android. Um, each with like uh, four or five people on each team, and then he was split across um, you know uh, like th- th- the vertical for bits coming into the business as well. So. It, it was it was very tough, um, but um, a good manager goes a very long way, and uh, I, I was helped out in, in a
0: lot of situations with uh, good management. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say absolutely, I I totally agree, and um, yeah, I, I I've I've always been blessed to have really good managers myself as well, and it, it's it's one of those things where um the manager is more important than the job in, in a weird way and um, just because also, of what yeah. they can teach you and if they compare with you a lot on that kind of thing like I particularly in the job I did before my current one um I was able to just absolutely supercharge because my manager had basically uh he, he was able to be really hands-on um and uh, uh we would uh uh so we would pair up a lot and I was able to really um learn a lot of things really quickly so you know, a lot of people that listen to this are looking for their first job in tech and um, you need to What one of the most important things to ask um, is how much sort of pairing and learning will I get directly from someone with a lot of experience is a, is a really good, um, yeah. really good question to ask.
1: That was always a big deal. That that was always uh, one of the questions I would ask. Yeah, that, that was always one of the questions I would ask would be, you know, who am I going to learn from? Who am I, uh, also, who am I going to be working with and what am I going to be uh, making? I think they're always really good ones. Yeah. i like to know on what the, what, you know, what it is we're working on together. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think so like the first agency I was with, I didn't really feel that supported and they were very much focused on just, just getting the work done. And it sort of left me like feeling a bit, you know, uh, well, I just started looking elsewhere basically. Um, because one, I was, um, uh, using technology I was very uncomfortable with and I had to learn that as I went. Um, I mean, I did do um, like stuff in React and Gatsby at the time. And I was like, this is what we can do with this technology. Look, look how fast it is. And um, they were like, well, we need it in Angular. (laughs) 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 So um, uh, uh, (laughs) that was, um, yeah, that was, that was tough. And that, that was, basically why i started looking elsewhere uh, and i was only there for six months and that's why i stayed at the like my, my previous place for, from where i am now for so long because I, I i was in, in a great team uh we were always learning off of each other and supporting each other so that was important and one of the reasons why i was there so long as well
0: yeah the learning piece is so important i had um i had my old boss on the podcast um from my recruiter days at talent io uh john um i think that would be last week's episode uh on on the current schedule uh and he was saying Um, whilst he's not technical himself um, having recruited people for 15 years into technical roles he'd say the time when you know you need to leave a job is when you stop learning Uh, and that that's most that's the most critical um, aspect and it's like you need to challenge yourself and sort of ask yourself am I am I learning uh, in in my current role what what am I what am I doing it's when you coast in in uh, technology that you end up uh, getting in trouble and realizing you're behind you're not rolling with the punches.
1: Yeah, that's that's not a nice feeling, is it? Where you, yeah. you just um, uh, you, you don't really feel like you're progressing or um, learning anything new. That that's not a nice position to be in. And I mean, some people um, are are perfectly happy with that. Some people, I mean, uh, going back to like my my BBA days as like an analyst mm-hmm. developer uh there, there wasn't anything changing in vba it hadn't changed for like <laughs> the, the, the 10 years before i started using it so it was very much a mature and sort of finished product and uh everything to to doing it you, you know it didn't really change whereas like javascript has changed i wouldn't say it's like dramatically because you know backwards compatibility but there's always like these nice additional things like especially with es 6 when that came along um you know, it's, it's always changing. There's always, you know, if you want to, there's always something new to learn. Um, I, I know people who, um, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, they do perfectly well out of that. And those are the, the I call them the holy trinity of web development. Yeah, um, I like that. Because, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because that is, that is all you need. Uh, if you've got a very good, um, solid understanding of those three, then you are good to go. Um, and any uh, you know any sort of hiring manager who wants to take on a junior um, would you know want to know you know those sort of fundamentals and how, how well they they use them. Um, at the time when I when I started looking, I was like, right, I must know React, I must know everything to know uh, React. And then um, there was still like gaps in my knowledge uh, with like HTML and css and i thought i'll just learn them as i go along but they are very that's why they call fundamental because they are <laughs> you need those sort of things to be able to um uh, get around sort of trivial stuff in let's say react and things like that so uh, very important
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's usually really overlooked by by junior candidates as well. I, I was definitely in the same position as you where I, I rushed and said, you know, I need to learn React because it's the most marketable thing. But a lot of the time hiring managers are just looking for really strong fundamentals. And one that's really overlooked, part two of the Holy Trinity, is uh, CSS. CSS. Um, people really rush through it and actually yeah. it's really you can get really in depth on it and um, uh, unfortunately I think they're no longer offering it but uh, on Udacity there used to be if they might open up again the Microsoft sponsored advanced CSS concepts course is fantastic if you think you know CSS then uh, <laughs> it's a good one um, it's a good one to do. I've been at it a good what
1: uh, six, six years now and if someone says to me, "Center a div," uh, it's, like, it's, the, it's the old trope, isn't it? But I mean, if you could do CSS grid and Flexbox now, it's, it's mm. fine. But um, it, it still does sort of strike fear. If, it, you know, if I was if I was on a stream and someone said, same thing with forms. I was on a, I was on a live stream uh, a couple of weeks back now with Eddie Eddie Jode and uh, he said, "Right, we need to make a form." And I just froze. I was like, oh, "Okay," because. <laughs> um, uh, but that's like that's like the bread and butter of web development is forms, submitting stuff in a form, and you know managing it with 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 JavaScript. And um, yeah, it's it's just you know things I I, I I I can still identify places where I need to improve. And uh, after that, I was like, right, okay, i have got to start doing stuff in forms, um, and just 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 sort of play through that again, just to uh, you know relearn, uh, as it were. Because there is stuff which just, if you don't, the like we say, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like muscle memory, isn't it? If, if you don't do it a lot, then you're going to forget it. Like the same thing yeah. when I was saying about VBA. I couldn't tell you anything about that now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. That's the analogy I often, I often use as well a lot on the podcast is, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's exactly like weight training or something like, you know, you're going to get, you get weaker over time and you need, to, you need to consistently put the hours in, um, you know, like, uh, a couple of hours per week going over, going over stuff you've already gone over. And, uh, you know, go Just going on FreeCodeCamp or, or Kadiri or something uh, to that effect and um, trying some of the challenges out. Um, another good way to do it and something I've been doing recently, I've been mentoring someone um, in my company who is learning JavaScript at the moment. And it's very challenging because you get asked the question, why, a lot. And then suddenly it's like, oh, actually, you know what? I don't know why. And then you start challenges your whole like understanding of the whole thing. And it's really helped me get a grip of my fundamentals by teaching the fundamentals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I always, uh, if I'm doing like a video and like you just do a bit of code and I like to say, right, we're doing this because we need to X, Y, Z, excuse me, (laughs) rather than just saying that's going to do this for us. Um, So, uh, and that, that does help you as well uh the best way to learn is to teach they say so uh that's um that's why um i like to learn new stuff and sort of share what i've learned um i think uh sean wang who said uh, you can learn so much for the price of your ego i think it was which is basically you know share what you've learned if people say this is wrong then that's great that's another learning opportunity um so i think that's a, a good way to 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 um to look at it as well, so especially with code reviews and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And pe- people are always playing code reviews. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, that's yeah. always a, that's a red flag. We're talking about like warning signs earlier. People aren't nice in code reviews. Uh, that's usually a red flag. And you know, um, there's a lot of. I, I used to find when I was learning, and um, you know, for people that are listening, uh, learning to code at the moment. Uh, we we talked about Twitter earlier, and that's how we both probably got to know each other. And um, I think. Uh, for me, asking Twitter either questions or asking for feedback uh, was great because, one, if it was good, then you got a load of nice feedback and it's nice to have that sort of confirmed to you. But, two, if it needed work, people tend to be pretty polite about it and, you know, would, would give pointers and people really take the time out to do that, which is really positive.
1: Yeah, I, I like to um, – I'm not sure if it's the, the correct way to do it, but I, I sometimes like just like to reach out via a DM rather than, uh, you know, call someone out publicly and say, you know, this, this doesn't look right. Or, you know, can you, you know, can you fix this? Um, you know, cause it is hard just like bearing yourself to the world and then to just yeah. to have someone say, Oh, you, you know, you didn't use this font weight or you used the headings in the wrong order or something like that. Um, I think, um, if, if you just have that as something off the side where you could just say, you know, um, I think you could improve it by doing X, Y, and Z. Um, then, I don't know. Um, I, I've always taken an approach where rather than say something publicly and, and uh, bring it to the attention of everyone else, I, I just prefer to say "Look, you know, maybe to do X, Y, and Z and then see how that goes. Yeah, that's
0: you know, a obviously. very good point. Always better to do it privately if possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it's all positive, then that's great, but you don't want to be the person who says, oh, you know... <laughs> you've used you've used the wrong html elements don't be that like, guy yeah like that. So, yeah exactly yeah so I, I i just prefer to say look you know might be nitpicking or it might help you out sort of thing but yeah I, I, I wouldn't want to do it like
0: out in the open um, fair enough but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that i think that's a good point and i mean i guess we're talking about like openly showing stuff sort of on twitter and that kind of thing um open source Um, for you obviously it's a major part of of what you do how can people get stuck into that if they're at a more junior level Um, obviously imposter syndrome is huge how can people get over that and and how would you encourage them to first take the first steps
1: um hacktoberfest is about to start and i think
0: that was
1: how i sort of first started to get into that sort of thing um at, at, at the time i'm not sure if it's like a good practice i've seen people doing it this time around as well would be um, there was just like a readme where you'd put your name on it, and then you submit a PR with this with this uh, readme, and the, I think there's still a couple of them going around, and there's there's ones which look really flashy now, but it's basically just someone's name on a readme, um, but it's a really simple way to do it. Um, you know, you clone clone that repo. I, I think the thing is as well, we don't really talk. It's just we don't really talk about Git. It's it's just a tool we use now but it was so intimidating for me at the time. And I'd I'd used it uh, like source control providers in in my previous role. And um, I was sort of, I mean, I can't remember what it was called now, Visual Source Safe, I think it was. You had to check stuff out, and that meant no one else could work on it until you checked the file back in. So that was not an asynchronous thing like you get with Git. Um, But learning Git um, is, it's, it's tough and like branches and rebases and what's this and you know if um it, you know if there was um like a conflict between you, you know your local branch and the upstream branch which would be like let's say on github or whatever that would just just throw me into a tailspin i'd be like oh my god well <laughs> yeah what do i do and there is really good resources out there and um i'm I started to use the uh, desktop application for GitHub oh, really? and um, it got me in trouble quite a lot um, and I made lots of mess and I just, um, you know, from looking at Stack Overflow and, you know, answers there, um, I, I just became a lot more comfortable using the terminal rather than like uh, whatever one's Gitcracker and, and um, I can't figure whatever one's called, but um lots of people swear by it now and I haven't tried it um, but um, it's come a long way uh, as I understand and it's really useful people just use it all the time you've got all these visual representations of like the uh, the branches and stuff and how things uh, have all gone into like you know an epic branch let's say or um, you know just like into one feature uh, but I, I, I learned via the terminal and you know I, I think if there's an issue Um, and you start searching how to resolve it, 99% of the time, you will see it as like uh, a command line solution. Um, So that's why I've just always sort of stuck with that. But I guess, I mean, in uh, Visual Studio Code, I I, I use the source control um, tool side panel in that a lot of the time just to like check stuff in and uh, add a commit message and stuff. So uh, anything which involves like... um, pushing a branch off or, um, you know, doing a rebate rebases. First time I learned about a rebase, I was like, what is this? What are we doing? And it's like, well, we're, we're writing over all of your stuff with the stuff which came from the upstream branch. And I was like, oh man. So uh, and it, like it's effectively doing the same work, tw- you know, twice. And I was, wow. But yeah, uh, just, just getting the basics of Git was tough, but Wow, that's that's such a tangent. Um, well, I I, I was going <laughs> to say before
0: um, the uh, this is an embarrassing one to admit, but um, I was so scared of Git when I started learning to code that I refused to use it. I used to copy and paste my code, paste it into Stack, uh, I was paste it into GitHub, and <laughs> just Control C, save Control it. V, and then and then yeah. just hit save.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's that's fantastic. That's a fantastic way to do it, and you know. <laughs> If someone wants to get involved in doing anything in open source, oh, I went off a real tangent now. I'm so sorry. Um, if you want to get involved in open source um, anywhere, a lot of the time there are uh, maintainers who will have like loads of open issues and um, th- th- there's usually a label where they'd say uh, up for grabs or help wanted. Um, so if you go to um, like any, any repository which you have an interest in, doesn't have to be like you don't have to commit to react or any of like the, the sort of big open source libraries to to you know be um a a good uh, git committers let's say um you can help out anywhere i mean i had someone submit a typo uh where i spelt you i managed to i managed to typo you i think it is <laughs> like why uh how do you spell you? Uh, you you know why you know or something and then someone just corrected it for me and i was like thank you so much because I didn't see it and they found it for me. So I just committed it straight away. I said, thank you. Um, So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to work on like a monster feature. Um, A lot of the time you can just go and uh, help, help out the documentation. I mean, that's what I did a lot of the time. If, If I found something confusing or I couldn't, you know, like the quick start wasn't something which sort of worked and, I would say, look, this is this is how I got it working. Could I you know, put in a documentation so it's clear if other people to use? You know, people say, yes, please, please do that. Thank you so much. And, you know, you can go off and you can make your commit and you could do that. You could make your own fork of it. So um, like a fork is just like your own copy, like save as, uh, if you put it in like Microsoft Word yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of uh, way of thinking of it. Uh, that's why I used to say, it's, it's like you are saying "Save As," um, and then you are sort of merging that back into like the, the original sort of copy, as it were. Um, but that's a great way to do it. You just make your own fork, and then you could edit it in GitHub manually and just do it that way. So that's that's a, that's a really good way to do it, actually, Cam. Um,
0: oh, thank you. I, I wasn't expecting. It. I was expecting you to laugh at me. So thank you.
1: <laughs> no, no. That's, that's. I mean, if if if, if you know. And like from from my earlier sort of ramble about how Git can be very daunting, it is. Um, and there's, I'm trying to think of um, some good exclamation, exclamations ex, exclama, explanations out there of how to use it. And I can't remember her name. Uh, there, was, there was one person who did a really good ex, ex, explanation of how to use it. <laughs> and it walks you through just making your own sort of commit to your own little repository and like making a branch and then making some more changes and then merging those in. Um, because Git and GitHub and GitLab and Bitbucket, GitHub, GitLab and Bitbucket are based off of Git, which was like another thing for me is like, what are all these things? Um, So like Git is the main sort of like engine that say it's all based off of. And then things like GitHub add additional features like pull requests. Um, I think you get them in GitLab as well. I'm not sure about Bitbucket. Yeah, you can do PRs in Bitbucket as well. Yeah, Bitbucket you can do PRs. That was also confusing. There was also many, so many different terms people used for like what seemed to be the same thing. Um, but yeah, I think just, just if you want to get involved, uh, is like tomorrow, starting tomorrow. um, and there'd be loads of uh, labels which would say Hacktoberfest. So if you just go into like GitHub and then click on Issues link, and then you can filter out on labels for Hacktoberfest. Um, I did. Um, uh, well, the the person I was working with at the time on this project is his project, Paul Scanlon, and it was uh, it's called MDX Embed, which is basically allows you to embed, like say, tweets or videos in your. Uh, in your web page, which uses uh, something called MDX, which is Markdown, uh, JSX in Markdown, which is like React components in Markdown. Um, he did a really good umbrella issue for that. So it's like one big uh, issue with loads of checkboxes on it, and each one of those checkboxes was another issue. And um, I think he did a great job of just setting this up for Hacktoberfest, and it went really well. And at the time... Last year when it happened, I think it's opt in now. If you want to um, have your like your GitHub project to be part of Hacktoberfest, you need to opt in. Uh, I'm not sure how that's done. I think it's via a label on on your project. Um, but at the time, there was like this this YouTube with a lot of followers who said, "Hey, here's a way to get free swag. Just go off <laughs> and edit. Just go off and edit like a readme and just like you know make silly little adjustments." So. Um, that did cause a lot of, um, commotion, let's say at the time (laughs) with people making, um, you know, not very, so this is the thing I'm trying to balance this between someone, you know, adding a space on a readme, or, you know, um, just doing something like that against someone like literally just saying "There's there's a typo here or something like that, um, I don't want to discourage people, but, you know, just, just saying, um, you know, making a, a PR for the, sake of, for the sake of, you know, removing a space or something like that, uh, it can add quite a lot of uh, additional overhead to the maintainer of that project. Um, so, always a good way to do it would be to uh, either open up a, uh, an issue on the repository, or if they have a discussion board, uh, start a new discussion. And say, would you like to have uh, me help out with some of the documentation here, or uh, you know, looking at how the wiki is structured, let's say, or something like that, or um, anything like that? And then you could start a discussion. And if you open an issue or uh, you open up a discussion on a um, uh, on a project on GitHub, that counts towards your um, uh, your green square. So uh, it helps out in that respect as well. But um, absolutely, I think uh, Hacktoberfest was was great for me to get involved in, in that side of things as well.
0: Yeah, because you, you get free t shirts as well, or or a free tree you can plant um for contributing <laughs> to <contribute> Sactober <laughs> Fest. So the things devs will do for a t shirt. Um and yeah, you can uh, it's 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 great to get involved. And obviously as well, if you make contributions to um to projects, you get uh, you get it displayed on your GitHub profile as well. Um I think that's now maybe dependent on on the rules of the um uh, the original projects. I know there was this uh guy who um he kept adding space bars to the READMEs in uh, the documentation for react and he called himself a react core contributor, which is a bit cheeky, but pretty funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think they've tightened up the rules around that now.
1: Yeah. I think, um, uh, I think if you just reject the PR, it doesn't count towards it. Um, I think that's how it works. I should know cause I was on a, like a Twitter spaces, um, two days ago with, uh, one of the, um, the people who help set it up from DigitalOcean. Um, I think you just reject the PR and it doesn't count yeah. towards your uh, Octoberfest, um contributions. But um, absolutely, it's a good way to do it. Um, speak to maintainers and they will more than happily help you out with something if they can and just, just be able to guide you through um, that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess to kind of... Um, Kind of finalise almost because I I know I've already kept you from your busy schedule a lot. That's um, fine. That's fine. What, what would you advise? Um, my 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 fi- well, my final two questions are first off, what have you got to shout out today about like stuff you're working on? But then secondly, as well, um, would be uh would be say uh sort of a sixteen to eighteen year old relative, um, came to you and uh, and asked you how would you get uh, how should I get into tech in twenty twenty one? Um, what would you advise them?
1: Um. So, how to get into tech? You don't necessarily have to be a coder. You can help out in other ways. Um, so, I'm not sure if you know uh, Sam Sycamore. He works for uh, the dev blogging platform called Hashnode. He helps with um, their marketing. I think he's, he's still he is like a coder, but um, he doesn't uh, he's not got into tech that way. He was just sharing what he was learning. And I think Hashnode reached out to him about uh, a marketing role, I think. And he got into it that way. And he just helps out with uh, the, the Hashnode community. So, um, you know, you don't always have to be the person who's going to make, you know, the multi-million dollar platform for someone. You can help out in other ways. And um, that's that's a good way. But, you know, if it is, you know, I want to make websites and stuff like that, I would say just, just check out FreeCodeCamp. FreeCodeCamp covers so much now, as well. Actually, they cover uh, data science,
0: and I think they're doing another curriculum as well, but I can't remember what it is. They have um, a whole one on Python. I went on it the other day because yeah. I hadn't been on it a while because I, I was I was recommending it to the to the guy I am uh, mentoring at work. I can't believe it's free. I mean, obviously it's free to send a name, but um, the, yeah. the 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 value they provide people pay Absolutely, people yeah. would pay tens of thousands for that um, if if it was taught to them. It's unbelievable. And if you haven't checked out already, uh, any listeners, then then get on Free Code Camp. It's unbelievable
1: do it i mean that's the best place to start i would say i would say to anyone just just go check out a free code camp and then uh chingu collabs as well give them another shout out once you think you are in a position to start working with other team members um go check out uh chingu collabs and they will team you up with uh i think it's a team of four or five people and you can go make a project
0: together and, and learn how to use github collaboratively so that's a, that's also a good shout that is really cool. I hadn't come across that until our until our uh, recording today actually. So um, that's something that I, I would recommend because I, I get people asking me about it, uh, you know, how to how to get involved in a project a lot. So that's a really good um that sound, that sounds really good and a really good way to get stuck in, especially if you're not doing a boot camp or something like that. Yeah.
1: I, I absolutely owe that to like giving me the confidence to start applying for jobs. So I'd recommend that to anyone.
0: mm mm-hmm. And how, how do you know when you're ready to start applying for jobs? That's a big one that people ask.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> so,
1: oh, it's a tough one. It's um, a million dollar question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just thought after doing the the Chingu collabs, I learned so much in such a short amount of time. Um, and I just thought if I start working with other people, Doing the same thing and learning from them, then I will pick up the stuff as I go along, like any junior would. So, um, I I just thought, you know, I can put I can make my own site, I can I can style it, um, and I can you know do do basic things in in React. So, I was like, I'm good to go. Um, and you know, from some of the interviews I had, um, I, I was in tears after some of them. Uh mm. after leaving some of them um where um you know it either it goes go through like one or two stages and it'd be like no you're not even this one. Um that that was the worst as well. We found a you know, we we're going with the other candidate sort of thing, but um um just just you just gotta put yourself out there. Um and I guess you will soon find out um from feedback from interviews if people don't think you're ready to be doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it was tough, um, you know. And I, I had like a good ten years' experience as a software developer prior to that, and uh, it, it was tough for me. So um, just it's just um, getting stuck in, I think, and yeah.
0: just trying to do it. So, uh, yeah, each rejection takes you one, one step closer to the to the to the acceptance, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing with just uh, development in general. It's just slap in the face, slap in the face, slap in the face. Victory, <laughs> yay! And, <clears throat> this is why people, this is why I like to code. And I didn't go into like management positions where I was um, like doing doing my uh, VBA stuff. Was that I, I liked the solving that problem um, mm. and having you know that that goosebumps where you know you've you've got that thing done. You've been sort of bashing your head against all day um that that's why i still want to be an individual contributor rather than someone who's you know helping other people um because I, I still enjoy the the buzz of working through something getting it to do the thing you want it to do um but um yeah it, it yeah it's, it's, it's just a, a I, I don't want to i don't want to sort of turn people away from it but like you say it's um it's just something you've got to go through unfortunately to 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 and I, I guess you'll know um i, I don't want to discourage anyone but uh it it's it's it can be a long slog to to get to where you want to get to um but the you know the the prize at the end is it is worth it because working with a team we learn stuff all the time and you know that's what i leave off of so um it's i think it's well worth it
0: yeah Another a really long-winded answer. So sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's good detail, mate, and I think I think people will get a lot of value out of this. Um, so it's it's really good. And uh, so, what, what are you working on at the moment? Um, I, I know you, I know you've always got a few sort of um, ir- irons in the fire. So, um, uh, what what have you got to shout out at the moment that you're that you're working on to promote? Um, so I've
1: I've just finished a um, uh, so on my YouTube channel. I've just finished a uh, SvelteKit crash course. So SvelteKit is, um, it's a a JavaScript framework, but it sort of compiles down to vanilla, JavaScript, HTML, and CSS, uh, rather than like with uh, React, let's say you ship a bundle. With uh, Svelte, it uses something called Vite, and it will use um, ESM to load each individual module into the browser rather than have like a, a big bundle, which you would have like with React or, or Vue, let's say. Um, so I've just done a, a crash course on on that. It's It, it, it assumes you know the, the basics of uh, HTML and, and JavaScript. I, I do use Tailwind in it, unfortunately. Uh, I don't go through like the basics of, of styling. Uh, just use Tailwind. Tailwind's like a utility CSS library where you just add in classes to your uh, elements. And it's just, it was just for uh, convenience and to get through the course. It's a—it's it's the longest video I've ever done, it's over an hour long. Um, and uh, that's like personal stuff for, for work. I've just done a Jamstack Explorers mission, which is using GraphQL and SvelteKit. And um, I'm also doing a. <laughs> sorry i ain't going on <laughs> uh, i'm also doing a workshop at jamstack conference which is the first uh, workshop i've um hosted i think um maybe it's the second uh, but it's the first one i've done at jamstack conference so i'm super excited about that and it's going to be the same thing we're going to be learning about using graphql with svelte um so yeah loads of <laughs> Awesome a few bits to talk
0: about, yeah. <laughs> and all the link, all the links for that will be in the description as well. But um, yeah, that, that all sounds really good, and it, good to see that you, uh, you, you're you're still, you know, creating so much value in the in the open source and JavaScript community. So that, that sounds oh, really really, really awesome. excited
1: about all that stuff at the moment. So yeah, super excited about that. What are you working on, Cam? So Tell us what you're working on.
0: Oh, a bit of this, bit of that. Um, primarily this, um, <laughs> careers. Yeah. So yeah, the podcast, and then the wider ecosystem that's going with It's more under development at the moment. So. Um, in the long in the long term, Code of Career will uh, be a hub for uh, jobs uh, in in um, the junior and uh, junior and mid level jobs in tech, where you can go to get your first or second job, and uh, generally a content hub to uh, to break in. So that's mainly what I'm working on. And um, yeah, other than that, um, working on working on a day job, helping um, helping people buy and sell houses in the most uh, tech led way. So that's been a lot of fun as well. We're working on. Uh, with some really awesome tools uh, in uh, TypeScript, React, Next.js and it's been a lot of fun so um, I believe we're hiring as well at Purple Brick so do check out our vacancies as well Sweet. yeah so um, th- thanks so much for for joining me uh, on the pod today Scott I think um, your your experience and um, enthusiasm for the industry is, is absolutely awesome I think people will have got a ton of value out of it so really appreciate your time and taking the time out um, to, uh, to speak to me today awesome
1: uh, absolutely, it's a pleasure. Thanks for everyone.